You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Normally, it's Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. and Kate Majuk of DK Nation. Justice is actually out today, so it's just me and Kate. And Kate, I'm going to be totally honest. I stopped watching the Thursday night football game between the New York Jets and the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I saw that Jonathan Taylor 78-yard touchdown run, and then I decided this game's over, and I want to continue my rewatch of the BBC series Sherlock Holmes starring the (laughs) number match. And so I did that instead. But before I stopped watching the game and I did see that the uh, the Jets tacked on a lot of garbage time points. My three takeaways. The Jets have two quarterbacks who are better than Zach Wilson, apparently. Uh, (laughs) Jonathan Taylor is a budding superstar. And the Titans and Bengals had absolutely no business losing to the Jets. So I'm not really sure what happened there. But uh, did I miss anything? Is there anything that I that came out of that? garbage time performance from the New York Jets that I'm overlooking here? No, no, not at all. Uh, maybe maybe the only thing you're missing out on is the Elijah Moore breakout, which is super exciting. Uh, as a rookie, he had his first receiving touchdown this week, uh, topped it off with a second one uh, to end his day, which was really exciting. But super awesome prospect coming out of Ole Miss. I love his hands. I love everything he can do. He just needs a quarterback that can deliver a ball. Um, and Zach Wilson, uh, though we gave it our best shot here on the SB Nation NFL show, it didn't didn't pan out just yet. So uh, whenever he does find himself able to get Elijah Moore the ball, they can make a great one-two punch. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I did completely overlook that Elijah Moore had two touchdowns. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I kind of wish I would have seen that now. Maybe I'll have to go back and uh, check out those plays. Um, I, I know he was, as far as rookie wide receivers go, Elijah Moore was a player that we were all really excited about in fantasy. And, you know, he's dealt with some injuries this season. And then Zach and then Wilson he's problems. dealt with the whole, yeah, the whole quarterback situation. Not, yeah. not too fantastic, but like I, I think uh, overall, I do want to give, um, you know, Robert Sala some props. Like this team doesn't, uh, I don't know, it's it's a really bad team, but I do feel like they have some pieces there that they're going to be able to put together, like a, a tangible, uh, tangibly decent team in the future. Um, I, like I, I think they can, they can get something done. Like I, I actually had faith in this team somehow when Mike White was under center, uh, which is the weirdest sentence, uh, I've said all week, but like, I, I actually think they have some, some really talented assets there. Um, love Elijah Vera Tucker. I think he's going to be a, a great asset on the offensive line. I, I think they have the right pieces. It just needs to come together. And so that's what I'll say about the Jets. Um, and they're, they're just lucky they, they have such a big market. Uh, so even if they lose a little chunk of the fan base, there's, there's still a lot, a lot of uh, New York Jets fans left. Thank goodness. Yeah, and it's important to remember with the Jets that they are one of the absolute youngest teams in the NFL. And so there's going to be a lot of growing pains. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs with that team. But I I do agree with you. I think they've got a lot of young, interesting pieces that can really grow. And, you know, with a actual 
solid coaching staff that can help develop those players. Unlike the Adam Gase era, I, I, I think the Jets still have plenty of room for improvement. I, I do want to talk about Jonathan Taylor for a second here where Oof. Jonathan Taylor is an absolute budding superstar and he's finally becoming like a bell cow for the Colts and the Colts ran all over the Jets last night. Neheim Hines had a monster game too, but Jonathan Taylor is just a stud. Like we are watching him develop into a clear cut consensus RB one before our eyes. And it's been awesome watching and Oh, he's starting to catch the catch passes a little bit too now. So, I think if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, you have to be absolutely thrilled. Obviously, he had a monster game last night, but it's a weekly thing now. Like you can trot him out the way you were trotting out Derrick Henry every week. Jonathan Taylor is probably the best player in your lineup moving forward. Oh, and like the most beautiful thing is like how efficient he's been. He's been breaking off plays all season long. He's just I mean, he's such a talented running back. None of us should have been surprised by this, though. He showed us what he could do in college. And then he's he's just put that on full display for us at pretty much every point in the NFL level when he's given uh, been given the shot. Uh, I think like Naeem Hines, I feel like, you know, folks are a little a little mean to Naeem Hines. I, I think he's actually a little bit better for this team and for Jonathan Taylor. Like I, I don't want Jonathan Taylor to see 30 touches per game necessarily because a, I don't think he needs that many uh, to break off every, you know, it, he, he just doesn't need that kind of volume uh, in order to be a very successful fantasy superstar. Um, but save the hits to Jonathan Taylor, like spread out the love a little bit. Naeem Hines is a, a talented guy that can, uh, you know, maybe limit some of the wear and tear on Jonathan Taylor. I think uh, he's made his case to be the number back number one running back in dynasty fantasy football. Yeah. I, I think it's clear that he should be. Um, and I, I want to talk about the Colts for another second where, you know, I don't think either of us probably has a lot of faith in Carson Wentz. Um, he didn't throw an interception last night, but it's not because he didn't try. Um, Carson <laughs> Wentz had another play where just, I don't care if I'm getting sacked. I'm going to get rid of this football and just hope for the best. And it didn't get picked off, thankfully, but it almost did. But he did have another strong fantasy performance. And, and Carson Wentz has been playing okay this season. The Colts do have a, another, in my opinion, budding young superstar and second-year wide receiver Michael Pittman, who just continues oh, to look wow. like he's an absolute stud. So, I mean, the Colts even for the questions that you have with Carson Wentz and him as your quarterback moving forward. And he's probably going to wind up costing them a first round pick because he's playing all of these snaps. They do have two cornerstones on offense. It looks like right now, because Michael Pittman had another touchdown last night and he looks like he is going to be, be a problem for defenses for a long time. I mean, even heading into this game, uh, Carson Wentz was the quarterback 12 for fantasy football, which I feel like, you know, just because the points aren't always super pretty, um, you know, not a, a ton of those points are coming from, uh, you know, rushing yards. I feel like because of the lack of prettiness, we're not really giving him full credit for uh, what he's been able to do. Like he's had at least two passing touchdowns in every single game since week four. Um, forget the the two interception outing against the Titans. He's actually been a solid asset. I think we can all agree that he looks better than he did with the Eagles. Um, I, I think this is just going to be an offense that can put up fantasy points. Um, and I, I think Carson Wentz can be, you know, a, I, I hate to say it, but like a pretty safe weekly play in fantasy. Yeah. And you have to respect his willingness to throw catastrophic Yolo. interceptions that are almost impressive when he pulls them off. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Colts, you know, Frank Reich is a good head coach and they've got good pieces in place to produce, at least in fantasy football, even if it doesn't translate to wins during the regular season. So I, I like the direction the Colts are headed in right now. Um, it's been an absolutely crazy week of NFL news. Uh, it's I can been a speak. whirlwind. My yeah. head is just pounding with information. 
Yeah, I can only speak for myself, but I know how busy this week has been for me because of all of the crazy news. I'm sure you've been overloaded too, Kate. Uh, We have to start with the Browns announcing this morning they are going to release wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. It just really hasn't worked out in Cleveland for Odell. He did have the 1,000-yard season, but he just hasn't come close to the superstar caliber player that we saw him be with the New York giants. And and some of that is he's had a lot of injuries. Those have all piled up over the years. And maybe he has lost a little bit of that uh, special explosiveness that he had early in his career, but he's still a good football player who seems to still be finding ways to get open. The Browns just aren't a pass first team and they're simply not going to be Baker Mayfield has a broken shoulder that he's playing through right now and really hasn't been a great passer since that rookie season where he broke the rookie touchdown record. Other than that, it's kind of all been average or below average for Baker Mayfield. So, And I think we see that he plays like below average when he's trying to force the ball in like spots where it, it doesn't need to be like, you don't need to force the ball to Odell Beckham. I know there's like this immense pressure because Uh, They traded uh, plenty of assets to get him, which I thought this was going to be a great move. Uh, When the trade went through, I was ecstatic. Um, It clearly didn't work out. I mean, Baker is pretty much his worst self when targeting Odell Beckham Jr. So I think this is a great move on both ways. You know, I'm hoping uh, Odell finds his way to a team that uh, is just going to make him more of a, a focal point. I think that's what he wants. And I think He's his most successful self when he is a focal point of the game. Allow him to make those big plays. Um, He's uh, he's a a man with ego and pride. And he he I think he feeds off of that energy of being the focal point. It's kind of like how you have Derrick Henry Uh, when you feed Derrick Henry the ball. He just wears defenses out over a game. I feel like that's kind of how Odell gets and he gets in uh you know, defenders heads. And I I feel like that's part of his game. Let him move on. Let him find a team that can, can fully utilize that. I would like to see him go to the the saints. How about you? Uh, I think the saints would be a good landing spot though. Their quarterback situation now without Jameis Winston. I I don't know if (sighs) I love that for fantasy purposes. Um, By the way, Steven, we need to like just get this out of the way. I'm a jinx. I'm a cold, hard jinx. Everybody, uh, I think all of my picks from last week's pick three segment were injured, oh, uh, no. starting with Jameis Winston, then James Robinson, and then Emmanuel Sanders. He was the only one healthy, but he was the only one that didn't get a piece of meat <laughs> in that Buffalo Bills game against uh, the Dol- Like This is just a, a complete yeah. disaster. I need to bring better luck. In the, into this next pick three segment, but uh, I just want to apologize to Jameis Winston on the air uh, for for putting him as the focus of our pick three segment because I feel like I like double jinxed him. He was having a great game. Yeah, it it can't get worse than last week. No, <laughs> so so let, let let's hope that you turn things around uh, for yourself and for the listeners and for the players that you're picking this week. Yeah, I I need to uh, keep keep my guys healthy this week. So I'm, I'm hopeful I picked uh, some good names to get us through, but I just had to get that off my chest. It's been weighing on me. I'm so sorry, listeners. Hopefully you got some of those, uh, you know, Jameis Winston points before he went out with the injury, but and we'll, we'll, we'll bounce back. We'll get to our pick three a little bit later in the show. Hopefully you didn't select any players that I currently have rostered in any of my fantasy <laughs> leagues. Uh, but back to Odell real quick. Obviously, I've been having Kansas City Chiefs fans hit me up like crazy. Chiefs got to go get him. Chiefs got to go get him because any wide receiver that's on the market right now, uh, Chiefs fans want to go get because they just don't have anybody outside of Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Odell does have to clear waivers first, and teams have until Monday morning to try to claim him. There's plenty of needy teams at the top of the waiver list with cap space who could take on the remaining bill on his contract if they needed it. Now that might not be what Odell wants, but unfortunately since we're post trade deadline, he is subject to waivers. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. Uh, If he does clear waivers and the chiefs can sign him on a veteran minimum deal, 
I would absolutely be ecstatic about that because I just want to see what that looks like. I actually, I, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised by this because I would think that the Kansas City Chiefs are one of the worst places you could possibly send Odell on both sides of the ball. So, like, I know that the Chiefs need uh, another playmaker. Um, it's clear that they need, there's something missing from that offense. And I do think a, a really solid wide receiver, too, would be excellent for them. But when you're looking at the actual match, like there are are good fits on paper and then there are good fits uh, in terms of chemistry. And I think Odell Beckham would probably be like the worst uh, fit chemistry wise for the Kansas City Chiefs, because like I said, he needs to be fed. He is a very hungry man. He's got an insatiable appetite, especially right now. And he was willing to uh, chomp Baker Mayfield to bits in order to get out so he can eat. And I don't think the Chiefs are a place where he's going to uh, be very well fed considering all of the talented playmakers they do have. I mean, it's just hard to funnel, you know, 10 targets a game to him when you've got Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Like, I think he'd be a very grumpy man on the Chiefs. So I I think we need to send him elsewhere. I will be very excited to see where he lands. But honestly, if the Chiefs want him, uh, they're, they're not at the the bottom of the pecking order here in terms of the waiver wire, which is crazy to say. Yeah, it's they've had such a down year and it is a good point uh, with kind of the instability of the locker room right now and the way the Chiefs are playing this season. Maybe they just don't need any of that. Uh, that, that is a good point that I hadn't considered because I'm just looking at this from points fantasy everything like I, I just want the Chiefs to score a million points and I want that offense to be explosive again but yeah you're probably right it's probably not a good fit uh as far as the Browns other pass catchers how are we viewing them moving forward because I think I'm still just Nick yeah. Chubb Dearness Johnson Kareem Hunt whenever he gets healthy and everybody else I'm just like nah I'm good on the Browns Yeah, I think uh, that's kind of the way you have to treat it. You said this earlier, they're a run first team. I'm not upgrading really any of these pass catchers very much. Um, You know, we've seen Kareem Hunt be involved in in the receiving game. I think he might, you know, get a a couple of extra targets per game when he's back in the mix. But none of these guys get a big bump up because, uh, again, Baker Bayfield is his best self when he's spreading the ball around. Um, You know, they have some talented tight ends there in terms of their receiving ability. Just, you know, maybe funnel one extra target to each of these options on the field and call it a day. I'll just stick with the running backs for now. Yeah, I I think Jarvis Landry is the only guy that maybe you could consider. I really like Donovan Peoples-Jones talent, but it just hasn't translated to a ton of success on the field. And so I really it's it's Jarvis Landry and then nobody else for me. But even at that, like Jarvis Landry is much more of a matchup play for me than he is a guy that like, Oh, Odell's gone. Jarvis Landry is going to get 10 targets a game now. Like, I I just don't think that the Browns are interested in passing that much. So I would just try to avoid all of those guys. unless, you know, Jarvis Landry happens to just be available for whatever reason in your league. We already talked about the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit, but we got the bombshell report this week that Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID-19. He is not vaccinated, as we found out, and Mm -hmm. he will not be available for this game on Sunday. That means that Jordan Love, their 2020 first round draft pick, will get his first NFL start against one of the more friendly defenses in the NFL. So I think that this game is going to play out a lot like that Thursday night game did against Arizona, where they were really shorthanded in the pass catcher department. Devontae Adams is expected to be back in this game. I think we're going to see a ton of Aaron Jones, a ton of AJ Dillon, and a lot of design pass plays that just go straight to Devontae Adams and try to exploit some of the mismatches that he can create against this chief secondary. I'm curious, Kate, is there another Packers pass catcher you're willing to take a chance on with Jordan Love under center in this football game? Good God, no. Um, no. But I will say, like, in terms of uh, – I wasn't, I wasn't like, ballsy enough to make this guy my pick three quarterback, but I will say, like, in terms of uh, value, perhaps, you might be, like, if you're if – you're, let's say you're maxed out in salary for your lineups this week – 
uh, over on DraftKings. I do think you could probably do worse than Jordan Love just because, uh, you know, look at the matchup. Um, he's a guy we don't we don't have NFL tape on. Um, usually these are the times we finally see, you know, uh, these rookie quarterbacks come out and have success because, um, you know, de defenses aren't necessarily uh, certain how they're going to play with this quarterback under center and how this quarterback might adjust their game plan. So I do think you could do worse uh, than Jordan Love, but I'm not I'm not ready to play him in season long leagues, but I might toss him into a couple of lineups and see what happens this weekend. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I picked the Packers to still beat the Chiefs this week really? in my Arrowhead Pride predictions. Um, oh, they must yeah. be thrilled. Well, because I have picked the Chiefs every single week this season, and it has Jinx. blown up in my face uh, equally as much as it has worked out in my favor. And when <laughs> I watched the Chiefs on Monday night against the New York Giants, they just simply look like a bad football team right now. Like that was a game between two bad football teams and the Packers, while Aaron Rodgers is a hall of fame player and one of the most special quarterbacks I've ever seen, they're still a really talented team outside of Aaron Rodgers, and their defense plays a lot of zone, which is what the chiefs really struggle against this season. And they create a lot of turnovers. And so I think they can still give the chiefs some problems. I think Matt LaFleur is going to have a good game plan for those running backs Aaron Jones absolutely torched the Chiefs the last time they played in 2019. And so I think there's going to be some room for Jordan Love to have a little bit of success here. And I have no faith in the Chiefs defensive game plans and their offensive mm -hmm. adjustments this season. So, yeah, I think the Packers can absolutely still win this football game. But, yeah, I, I think it's A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. All those guys are in play for me. I'm avoiding everybody else, though. And we've seen the Packers uh, without Aaron Rodgers in the past, they just filter passes to Devontae Adams. Like they just try to feed their best dude because they know they can rely on him. He's going to be in the right spot. He's not going to you know, cause any turnovers or anything like that. So I, I think Devontae Adams could still be in for a big game against Kansas City this week. And that actually leads us to our first NFL Reacts poll of the day. Who is the best team in the NFC? The Rams leading the way with 46% of the vote. The Cardinals number two at 17%. The Bucks number three at 14%. Packers number four at 13%. And the Cowboys at 10%. Well, Kate, while I am leaning towards the Rams genuinely being the best team in the NFC right now and, and maybe the best overall team in football, especially after adding Von Miller at the trade deadline. Oh, that was a great move. Yeah, like the Rams are fantastic and Matthew Stafford is playing at an MVP caliber level. I am upset that the Cowboys are, are yes! last in this ranking right now. The Cowboys, Dak Prescott's going to be back this week. He sat out last week, but you know he was a game time decision, took it right up to kickoff or whatever. When Dak Prescott is playing, he's also playing at an MVP caliber level. They've got one of the best offenses in football. And while their defense gives up a lot of yards and can give up points at times. They create turnovers and they're going to get DeMarcus Lawrence back at some point. So I really like the Cowboys and I think they have one of the most talented top to bottom rosters in the NFL. And I understand your questions about Mike McCarthy and his decision-making and whatever, but Dak Prescott's the one that's really calling the shots on that offense this season. <laughs> so I love the Cowboys and I feel like people are just sleeping on them right now and like way underestimating how good they are. I think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I think uh, I, I was going to ask you, Stephen, who is the most like disrespected team on this list? And it's 100 percent the Cowboys at just 10 percent, guys. Come on. Uh, it should have been a little bit closer, I think, than that. Uh, I, I would have liked to see the Cowboys, you know, like up in the, the 20s, you know, low 30s, maybe. But I like because I think it's either the Rams or the Cowboys. And I, I think, you know, that they kind of run away with it there. But I mean, the Cowboys defense, I think, looks uh, revitalized with Micah Parsons uh, in the lineup. He's just everywhere, all over the field at all times. Uh, he's making a play. Um, and it's very hard, I think, for uh, anybody to come up with an answer for Micah Parsons. You've got the offense. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. They've got just so many weapons on both sides um, and like, and, and digs. Like we, we didn't even talk about digs. I it just, the um, 
you know, the streak, what was it? Seven games straight with an interception. Um, That, I mean, that's, that's absolute madness. Like these guys are big time playmakers. And I think that, you know, we're, we're maybe discounting the Cowboys a little bit too early. I don't know what their uh, odds are right now to make it to the Super Bowl, but they're a team I'd be willing to, to make a bet on if this is the public opinion right now. Um, I hope Vegas hasn't caught up to them and that uh, maybe you can still find some value in the Cowboys to take it to the Super Bowl. I know that would make Jerry Jones very happy. Yeah. And I, I loved the Cowboys last season. Their defense was much worse last season. Like their defense is one of the worst in football. Dak Prescott was going absolutely nuts both before suffering that season ending injury last season. So we're seeing the carryover of that and the Cowboys drafted well, and we're seeing the development of those young players. So all of a sudden they look like they have one of the best rosters in the NFL. And I think they do, and they deserve a little bit more respect. Their only loss on the year is that week one matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the defending Super Bowl champions. So like, that's, that's a perfectly fine loss to have. And they took that game down to the wire. I, I think the Cowboys are just really, really good. We got to talk about Derrick Henry, and we all already mm-hmm. mentioned him for just a minute. Yeah, it's in the fantasy running back landscape. This might be like one of the worst running back seasons ever uh, in terms of injuries, just lack of clear cut top like bell cow running backs that you can rely on on a week in week out basis. And then you lose the number one, the, the top guy, the guy that you could rely on no matter what. Derrick Henry's going to get you like 20 to 30 carries a game and he's going to be an absolute monster and he never gets hurt. Well, he got yeah. hurt and suffered a foot injury. He did have to have surgery. It's can could be season ending, but the Titans are holding out hope that he could return like really late in the season for a playoff run. But as far as fantasy purposes go, Derrick Henry is probably done for your squad this season, which is a major bummer. So, The Titans signed Adrian Peterson this week. They elevated him to their active roster this morning, and he is expected to have a hefty workload because they had they had Darrington Evans, who was a guy that they drafted last year, but he was placed on injured reserve for a second time, which means he's done for the season. So he is not going to play for them. They have Jeremy McNichols, who is strictly a pass catching back. So it seems like Adrian Peterson is going to step right into a hefty role in this offense and Adrian Peterson's old and he's not that AP anymore. But if you got him on waivers, you probably got to start him this week because he's going to get the opportunity. And Jeremy McNichols is a guy that is going to be a situational player who you might be able to plug and play if they decide to bring Adrian Peterson along slow this week. But it sounds like they're just going to feed him right out of the gate. Yeah, I think this is actually a a situation where uh, I'm going to look at the team and uh, let them tell me what they're thinking. And I think what they're thinking is that AP is ready to uh, like take this uh, take this home and just be the guy for this offense. Uh, You know, you mentioned Jeremy Nichols uh, has fewer rush, like three times fewer rushing attempts than he does targets on the season. Uh, but AP, like he wasn't efficient last season, just 3.87 yards per carry totaled 604 yards, but uh, did have seven touchdowns to close out the year, had two touchdown, uh, two games of multiple touchdown performances. Um, I do think, you know, the fact that, you know, he's, we're already into week uh, nine, you know, like that helps because you don't have to worry necessarily about uh maintaining Adrian Peterson's body throughout a full 16, uh, 17 game slate. Excuse me. Um, You just have to worry about uh, just keeping him healthy uh, until the playoffs though. I do worry. uh, I do worry about Derek Henry. I've I've, uh, seen plenty of, of articles. I've I've seen um, some of the fantastic uh, sports physical therapists on Twitter uh, who put out fantastic injury analysis Uh, the general consensus is when you come back within that like eight to 10 week window that has been reported for Derrick Henry, that the outcomes aren't as fantabulous as you would like them. I think this is Adrian Peterson's job for now. And I'm, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm going to roll with it because I think there are going to be 
uh, few options that are, are going to actually touch the ball as much as AP, as gross as that sounds. So if you're a Derrick Henry owner and you weren't lucky enough to grab Adrian Peterson this week and probably running into the same situations a lot of people are, where is teams are scared to trade running backs this season because the running back landscape has just been that bad. So is there a player, Kate, that you think could be had at a value that you would try to go trade for that? has some upside that, you know, if you had Derrick Henry and the way he was going through the first several weeks of the season, hopefully you got off to a nice start in your fantasy league and you've only got a couple of losses. So you've got a little bit of breathing room to try to figure things out for a week or two and plug and play guys, and then try to work on some type of value trade just to get anybody in your lineup. Really? Yeah. I think this is actually kind of an interesting spot. So like totally different player, totally different size, totally different build, totally different everything. But I, I think a really interesting uh, trade candidate right now would be Michael Carter with the, the New York Jets. We saw um, a fantastic performance with him in the lineup with Mike White uh, last week, but didn't really come to fruition on Thursday night football. There just wasn't a ton of, of breathing room. And then the Mike White injury, it was just, it, I mean, we talked about the Jets. They were already a disaster, but uh, looking at you know their willingness to throw to the running back position, um, they're throwing to the running back position on over 25% of plays right now, which ranks fourth highest uh, among all rates uh, of passing to the running back in the NFL right now. I think he's got the receiving upside. Uh, we've already seen him performing for fantasy as he's been getting more opportunities. Um, I think you buy him after, a, you know, a disappointing performance. I think everybody was expecting him to explode again in prime time. Um, so I might be sending offers out. You obviously can't do much with him this week. Uh, he's out for this week, but uh, I, I would look forward to seeing him perform in weeks to come. And I think he's the clear cut RB1 for that team. Yeah, I like what he's doing, and it is a tough matchup. The Colts have been pretty solid against opposing running backs this season, and I know Ty Johnson had that touchdown, so people are probably mad right now, <laughs> which is why you should go trade for him. Um, I'm kind of going to go in a different way, and it's probably not a good strategy to target injured running backs, but you're desperate right now, right? Yes. So I so think desperate. if the James Robinson owner in your league – is panicking right now because of this heel injury. And it sounds like James Robinson's probably not going to play this week. So fire up Carlos Hyde if you got him, I guess. Um, but when James Robinson is in, he is the clear cut like bell cow running back for the Jaguars and James Robinson continues to produce. So you might be able to get him at a value right now if that owner is panicking or another guy that I'd be interested in is David Montgomery. He's expected to come back from IR here pretty soon. And I know Khalil Herbert has been a waiver wire wonder and he's been fantastic just producing each and every week, but I'm not buying into the narrative that like Khalil, that David Montgomery is going to lose snaps to Khalil Herbert. Like David Montgomery was the bears offense before he got injured. And I feel like we're sleeping on that a little bit. So that owner, especially if they got Khalil Herbert, they might be a little bit overconfident in Khalil Herbert's role moving forward. So David Montgomery could be a guy you could probably go get for pretty cheap right now, I think. Yeah, I like that. And I think the Bears, I mean, they're a team that their their entire offense uh, has centered on the run, and I think they're a better team. I think that gives Justin Fields more more time to just learn the game of professional football um, and, and develop more. I, I think... Maybe we could see one of these, you know, Brown situations where we see both, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb work side by side and they're a great one to punch. Maybe we'll see that with the Bears and David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, because I think if you did uh, disperse those touches among those two running backs, I think they're both talented enough to get it done for fantasy. Yeah, and the Bears have shown week after week that they're just not interested in throwing the football, especially not no. to Allen Robinson. So we know <laughs> they're going to run a lot. And that leads us to our next NFL Reacts poll. Uh, with Derrick Henry out, who is the best running back in fantasy moving forward? 
Alvin Kamara leading the way, 36%. Jonathan Taylor with 17%. Ezekiel Elliott with 12 Aaron Jones with 12%. Austin Eckler, 12%. And Damian Harris with 10%. I'm kind of surprised by that. But we already told you about Jonathan Taylor. Like, I love Alvin Kamara, but how are we sleeping on Jonathan Taylor this much right now? He's been I will say, these polls closed before Thursday night football. So I really wish we would have had that perspective. Like, uh, I wish we would have had, you know, a pre and post Thursday night football poll that we could compare results. Because I think after that performance, Jonathan Taylor would probably be running away with it. Um, But, I mean, Kamara, he's obviously, he's... Uh, you know, up there in terms of talent. Uh, but for fantasy football, I think Jonathan Taylor's the safer bet at this point in the season. We touched briefly on the Jameis Winston injury and he is done for the season. Uh, I still respect Jameis because after tearing his ACL, he still had that video going around celebrating a Saints <laughs> win on crutches in the locker room. That's just Jameis. That's why we love him. I the was, W's. Yes, yes. Eat the W's all day. I was fully prepared to get on here today and go on this rant about how I can't stand Sean Payton and the (laughs) Taysom Hill infatuation because we saw last season when Taysom Hill was their starting quarterback, how it hurt Alvin Kamara. And that's what I was worried about in this uh, running back wasteland. I was like, man, Alvin Kamara is going to wind up losing point opportunities because Taysom Hill is about to be their starting quarterback. But then there was a report this morning that the Saints are expected to roll with Trevor Simeon as the starting quarterback. Taysom Hill did not play last week, but he returned to practice this week. It looks like he's going to be involved this weekend, but it sounds like Trevor Simeon's going to be the guy moving forward. And that excites me for Alvin Kamara because with Taysom Hill under center last year, they stopped throwing the football to Alvin Kamara and they had just started doing that again. So I was terrified that that was going to happen But with Trevor Simeon under center, it seems like the odds are that Alvin Kamara is just going to be a really big part of this offense and hopefully be their one of their key receivers because they don't really have any other reliable pass catchers. Until they sign Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, until that happens. (laughs) I do. I mean, like, I think uh, Trevor Simeon's definitely much better for Alvin Kamara than we are. uh, Like, Taysom Hill, he just, he scares me. He was a, a perfectly... Uh, excellent fantasy quarterback last year when he was in that starting role. But um, like the stats, I maybe this is my bias against Taysom Hill. Am I a Taysom Hill hater? Um, because of like, I, you're right. This dynamic between Sean Payton and Taysom Hill and the whole storyline just drove me nuts. Uh, so maybe I'm biased against Taysom Hill, but he was productive for fantasy when he was under center. He could, uh, he was capable of moving the ball, but for as good as the stats looked uh, for those games where Taysom Hill started, I don't think he looked as promising when you're watching the tape. And maybe, again, maybe that's my bias, uh, but Trevor Simeon, I think uh, if they keep Trevor Simeon in the game plan, I think it's going to be kind of similar to uh, Jameis Winston, except uh, you don't have as much potential for those those deep balls. Um, even for as as, you know, exciting as Jameis Winston can be. They really just kept him in a game manager role and it worked Um, because then, you know, he, he still had that ability to take those deep shots, but really what the saints are concerned about, you know, like control the clock, get that time of possession under control and just play quality football. And I think Trevor Simeon, um, especially with, you know, the defense and all those assets, I think they're good enough to do it. But yes, no Taysom Hill, please. I think Taysom Hill is the only player in the NFL that I actively root against. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I root. But I don't know why. Play. I would love to do like a psychoanalysis. I'd love to sit down with Freud and figure out what my beef is with Taysom Hill because it clearly has nothing to do with Taysom Hill. But just the the agitation I feel when uh, Sean Payton says his name is something that I can't explain. And I just, I want to know the backstory. I want to know why he's so obsessed. I want all those details, but I definitely need to do uh, some introspective uh, yeah. diving in to figure out what's what's my beef. It has nothing to do with him as a person. I'm sure he's a fine person. It has everything to do with his role as a football player. And every time he scores a touchdown, I just get furious <laughs> about it. Uh, that. That does bring us to our next NFL Reacts poll. What backup quarterback is in the best position to have success? 
Cooper Rush leading the way with 34%. And it sounds like Dak Prescott's going to return this week, but I'm not surprised Cooper Rush is at the top of this list. Trevor Simeon at 32%. Mike White, 20%. Geno Smith, 11%. PJ Walker at 3%. I kind of agree with this poll, I guess. Um, Although I would like to see Mike White just stay out there and keep slinging it. We know Zach Wilson's going to be out for a little bit longer. So Mike White got hurt last night and obviously Josh Johnson had to enter the game, but uh, we don't really know the status on that yet. It'll probably be next week before we Josh Johnson, who's played with literally every single offense in the NFL, I think was the, the graphic that we got there. I I mean, I think uh, this, this does pretty, pretty much mirror what, what I'm thinking as well. I think the NFL reacts community Bravo. I, I totally am on board with this assessment though. I would say um, though Cooper rush and Trevor Simeon are very close for me. I would put Trevor Simeon just a a spot ahead of Cooper rush. Um, You know, obviously the, the Cowboys have a great defense. They've got all of the offensive weapons that you can want, but um, I do think that their offense is just a little bit more dependent on the quarterback making the play. He had the game winning touchdown to Amari Cooper last week, but Trevor Simeon, I think you could essentially just like take the ball out of his hands and again, leave him in that game manager role. And I think he'd do very well. Um, I, and I don't think that's as true for Cooper rush, but um, you know, the, for how close these two are, I think NFL reacts, Bravo, you did, you done good kids. Yes, got got one poll right this week. Uh, <laughs> we do need to take a quick time out. When we get back, we're going to talk about this Eagles backfield that finally started running the football as soon as Miles Sanders got hurt. And of course, we will get to our pick three ahead of week nine in the NFL. That's next on NFL Reacts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. V-A-N-29.com. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. Y'all put the kids to bed. Getting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Kate Magic of DK Nation. Before we get to our pick three, we've got uh, a couple more offenses that I want to discuss, Kate. And I want to start with this Eagles backfield. Now, Miles Sanders went to IR, so he's going to be out at least a few more weeks. We saw Kenneth Gainwell as the popular pickup last week. He was supposed to get take on a much larger role. And it's really frustrating what Nick Sirianni has done with this backfield this season because to start the year, he absolutely refused to run the ball, even though Miles Sanders on the limited touches he was getting was producing. Then they put in Kenneth Gainwell as the pass catching back, and he got a couple of red zone touchdowns, taking away points from our guy Miles Sanders. Then finally against Detroit, we thought that matchup was going to be perfect, going to be a monster game for Miles Sanders. He gets hurt, and Kenneth Gainwell is the popular ad, only for Boston Scott, who has not had a role in this offense this season, to be the lead back, have two touchdowns. They elevated Jordan Howard from the practice squad. He also had two touchdowns. It was basically a three-back committee, but Gainwell didn't really get any touches until the fourth quarter when this thing was totally out of hand. 
So you basically can't play Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott and Jordan Howard were both players you should have added this week, but I don't, outside of Boston Scott, I don't really want to play anybody else in this backfield, I don't think. You know that moment when you're, uh, you know, maybe hanging out and like somebody just snubs you and you're like, was it something I said? I have to imagine that that's what Miles <laughs> Sanders is wondering. Like, was it something I, uh, was it something I blocked? Like, what what is going on? Why didn't I get... Uh, a shot when I was healthy. It, I mean, it's, it, it's a total bummer, but I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, it was kind of weird to see that dynamic, especially with the fact that uh, you saw him consistently involved throughout the game uh, leading up to that injury to Miles Sanders. So it was very, uh, it was very confusing usage. I don't think you're going to be able to necessarily trust any, like, um, you know, any of these guys on a, on a regular basis, I think it could be a, a wild roller coaster from here on out. Um, even with Miles Sanders, whenever he gets back into the mix, Ugh. Nick Sirianni doesn't care about our fantasy teams. Yeah. Boston Scott opened the game. So I guess that's the guy you got to roll with, but it's also, you know, maybe Kenneth Gainwell is in the doghouse a little bit. He's had some fumbling problems. So maybe Kenneth Gainwell will be the lead back this week. I, I don't see how he can feel confident in any of these guys. Hopefully it's Miles Sanders when he gets back and he is healthy. And hopefully their main takeaway from that game against the Detroit Lions is, oh, we're better when we run the football. So hopefully we'll at least get a larger sample size of them just actually trying to run the football and looking competent offensively. And that'll translate to success for Miles Sanders in the future. But I guess I'd play Boston Scott this week, but I wouldn't feel confident playing any of the three running backs that are probably going to be in the rotation. Yeah, it just feels feels a little gross. It feels a little uh, risky in season-long leagues. I do want to talk about Justin Fields, though. In the breakout game, we finally saw it. Justin Fields was able to use his legs. They let him run. They let him go crazy. He had over 100 rushing yards last week. And coincidence? Probably not. No, it's not a coincidence. No. Matt Nagy was at home because he tested positive for COVID. He was not on the sideline calling plays. And Justin Fields has his best fantasy performance of the season. I want to ride the Justin Fields hype train. I've got Justin Fields in a dynasty league. I just want to put him in my lineup and leave him there for the rest of the season, but I can't trust with their, I can't trust what their head coach is going to do moving forward because we saw weeks of his incompetence. And then one week without him on the sideline, Justin Fields has the best performance of his young career. I just, you can't trust the, this bears offense at all. Not with him calling the plays, not, not with him being the decision maker on the sideline on Sunday. No, and you like, I don't know. It it just reminds me of these situations like where, uh, you know, you have somebody like breathing down your neck. Like uh, there are those, you know, micromanagers. Um, and I feel like I've had them uh, in my various jobs throughout the year where your boss just makes you nervous. Maybe, maybe Matt Nagy just makes Justin Fields nervous uh, and he loses those abilities to make those big plays with his legs. But I mean, it, he didn't get it done necessarily as a passer, but it was that, um, that long run that made everything worth it, the rushing touchdown. Uh, and that was the upside that you really wanted to see from Justin Fields. It wasn't his ability as a passer, though. I, I think he's a better passer than he's looked this season. But the upside there for fantasy is all with his legs and uh, what he can do with those little legs. I, I love it. Just keep him running. But uh, only when Matt Nagy is out of the building. And you know what? I don't think he's got much longer to go. So uh, yes, we'll, please we'll see how fire. 2022 looks and roll from there. Yeah, Please just fire him and give Justin Fields the opportunity to just play and produce. We've seen that he can be a big time playmaker with his arm and with his legs. And I think he is a much better passer than he's shown. It's just that, the Bears have had this super congested offense all season where they're not doing a good job of getting guys open. They don't want Justin Fields to move. So the only time he throws is within the pocket when he's shown a special ability to create outside of the pocket. And so it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I hope that they learn something. I hope that Matt Nagy learned something. 
from that, he said he was sitting at home taking notes on the game because he just had to watch it from his basement or whatever. I hope he took a lot of notes. Yeah. So hopefully he saw everything that they did last week and he was like, oh, that actually works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can try to implement <laughs> some of that stuff moving forward. Uh, it's what we've been screaming about the entire season. Uh, so hopefully he learned something there. Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We pick one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver each and every week that we think you guys can build your daily lineups around to try to maximize your budget and get the most and go win some cash in your fantasy lineups. Kate, your week nine pick three quarterback. I'm rolling with Joe Burrow, who's sitting at $6,800, the quarterback four since week five, by the way, in case anybody's keeping track. Um, Joe Burrow's just been playing really solid football despite their loss to the Jets. We agreed it's an anomaly. Um, This week they get the Cleveland Browns, who haven't been uh, necessarily locking things down in the secondary. I mean, Joe Burrow, like I said, he's just playing good football over the last five games. Um, he's on a 16 game pace for 5,000 passing yards, 42 touchdowns, Woo. 16 interceptions. He's getting it all done with his arm. And I do think that Cleveland is beatable through the air. Uh, looking at Joe Burrow's two games against the Cleveland Browns in 2020, found a lot of success had three touchdowns in both of those outings, uh, 316 passing yards in his first game against the Browns, 406 passing yards in his second. Um, I really like this for Joe Burrow. I, th- you know, the divisional matchup, I think he is going to be, he's going to be rare and ready to go. Um, and I think that the Bengals are going to bounce back nicely. Um, and I think the matchup's just perfect, but I love the cost at $6,800 because I think the upside's there. Yeah, that seems like an incredible value for Joe Burrow, considering what he's done this year in fantasy and how explosive that Bengals offense can be uh, when they don't play the New York Jets. Um, <laughs> uh, my pick three quarterback, Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua Tunga Vailoa. He's only 5,800, and he gets the Houston Texans this week, who are a bottom 10 defense against opposing passers. I know Tua is coming off just an awful offensive performance against the Buffalo Bills. Trade deadline is passed. No Deshaun Watson. Tua is their starter as long as he is healthy. He can put that behind him. He doesn't have to worry about that the rest of the year. And prior to that game against the Bills last week, against Atlanta in Jacksonville, He found a ton of success in fantasy, uh, throwing multiple touchdowns in both of those games. So I like Tua. I like the matchup. This is a fantastic spot for him. And at only $5,800, I think he's a fantastic value for your lineup. Kate, your pick three running back. All right. I'm going back to uh, one of my favorites. This is like a Kate classic. If anybody's followed me for a long time, you know I love this guy. It's Zach Moss with the Buffalo Bills, who's... Uh, like not been necessarily killing it for fantasy, but he's averaging 12.8 DraftKings points per game and he's sitting at $5,300 in what I think is a just a fantastic matchup this week. He's had at least four targets in each of his last three games. Um, He's very clearly taken over that role with Devin Singletary. Like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Devin Singletary is still getting the starts uh, on opening drives, but He's taken over the the bulk of offensive snaps. Um, Devin Singletary just isn't playing nearly as much, but I love the target share. He's the clear goal line back. Um, I just think this is a nice, a, a really nice sell point for Zach Moss um, when he's just been he's he's been a pretty solid uh, fantasy running back, and and you don't have to pay up for him. I think you get you know an easy uh, maybe. 10 to 15 points, depending on whether or not he gets a touchdown. And um, you're only, you're only paying $5,300. I like that salary point a lot. Yeah. Out of any like handcuff backup running back, who's splitting time, Zach Moss probably has the best chance of getting a touchdown on a weekly basis. So 
I think that's a fantastic value for your daily lineup. My pick three running back is Boston Scott. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to let Nick Sirianni hurt me probably, but he's only $5,200. He's coming off a game where the Eagles finally ran the football. And I wish it would have happened for Miles Sanders. And I wish it would have happened sooner, but we got Boston Scott and they get the Los Angeles chargers this week who are giving up rushing yards to absolutely everyone. So I think the Eagles are smart enough to have a similar game plan to what they did last week against the Lions. This is a big opportunity. Jordan Howard's probably still going to be involved, but I like Scott's price tag. He was the lead back last week, so I've got faith that he's at least going to get some touches and have an opportunity to hopefully score in this game. Your pick three wide receiver, Kate. All right, I'm rolling with Marquise Brown, uh, who's like one of the best values, I think, in general um, in, in fantasy football, whether it's uh, a dynasty league, whether you're playing redraft uh, or whether you're playing DFS, I think Marquise Brown is just uh, a huge, tremendous value through seven active games this season. He is averaging 18.9 PPR points per game. He has finished as a wide receiver one in 57% of games this year. Um, that's four wide receiver one performances. Um, he had uh, just two games with fewer than 19 PPR points. That's just, it's madness. Um, and you see Lamar Jackson taking some strides there as a passer just since like the second half of last season. Um, I feel like these two have been, had been on a really nice tear. Um, I, I like the opportunity there. I, I like the matchup, um, you know, and, and this season alone, uh, you're, you're just looking at the, the true breakout from Marquise Brown. He's sitting at $6,000 when he should be treated as one of these um, you know, $7,000 kind of receivers. Cause he's got that upside. Yeah. It is crazy that he's only sitting at six K right now with the way that he's produced this season and they're coming off of a bye week So, you know, he's going to be fresh. He's got those fresh leggies and he's ready to ready to rock. Um, I think Marquise Brown, like, um, even if he were in that $7,000 range, he's a guy that I'd be working into my lineups, but I mean that value, I think you can absolutely, uh, take on some of that value and, and spread the love uh, throughout the rest of your lineups. And you got a stud in Marquise Brown. Absolutely. I'm going all in on the Miami Dolphins this week. Oh, weekend. that's scary. <laughs> this now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't think about it when I put it together. <laughs> but when I when I put this together, I should have considered that this pick three is absolutely set up to cause me pain this weekend. But I'm doing it. I'm going for it. Devontae Parker, he's been a little banged up, but he's been bad. He's been battling injuries, but he's played through them uh, last week. And Devontae Parker has just simply been their top wide receiver for the Dolphins when he's been available. For whatever reason, they only use Jalen Waddle at or near the line of scrimmage. I, I don't know why. He's an explosive player. That's just how they use him. They refuse to use him on anything other than like bubble screens. Devontae Parker has been their downfield big play wide receiver. And even in a game where they struggled last season or last week, Parker put up a decent stat line. He's been to his favorite target and he's only 5,300. So I'm going all in on the Miami Dolphins Ooh. stack against the Houston Texans this week. All right. I do have a question though. If Devontae Parker were uh, not ready to play, let's say on Sunday, how do you feel about Jalen Waddle? Is he one of those guys? Obviously, the, the usage isn't quite the same, but um, the matchup is Jalen Waddle sitting at $5,600. Are you okay subbing these guys out? Uh, should Devontae Parker be a no-go? I would be um, just because or we saw a couple weeks ago Jalen Waddle had his breakout game with those two touchdown passes. That was a game that Devontae Parker didn't play. Opportunity is going to be there against Houston Tech against the Houston Texans, but I might pivot to that other Ravens wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. I like his matchup a lot this week too, for a lot of the reasons that you like Marquise Brown. Uh, Rashad Bateman's get, been getting worked into the lineup a lot, and he's been getting targets, so I, I like him a lot this week as well. But I'm going all in on the Dolphins staff, so <laughs> ho hopefully Devontae Parker plays, and we're we're good to go there. Uh, that was our pick three segment brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys so much for listening to NFL Reacts. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Go win some cash, win your fantasy matchups, find success in week nine of the NFL season. We'll talk to you guys next week.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.